The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr., Our show today, Counterfeit, Don't Buy Into Organized Crime, is without a doubt a significant milestone for me personally and hopefully will motivate each of you to become engaged in this topic as well. But before I introduce my special, special, very special guest from the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, I want to recognize the people and companies that make our show possible. Brandy Jackson, Voice America General Manager. Robert Cellino, Voice America, our Executive Producer. Randy Jackson, Voice America, our Production Manager. Jeffrey Gillist, Voice America Director of Host Services. Brooke Eide, Voice America Marketing and Social Media. Yulia Coach, Coach Branding and People to People Production Manager. Our organization sponsors are the Hazardous Substance-Free and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliances. We can, uh, you can find those at www.hsf.us. And information on counterfeit, the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, you can find on www.counterfeitavoidance.org. Remember that O-R-G. It does, uh, does not work if you do calm. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, one of our gold sponsors, providing business and quality consulting training and software tools. They're located at www.bqpm.com. And Secure Components, LLC, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve the international certification to SAE AS6081 Counterfeit Detection and Mitigation Standard. You can find uh, Secure Components at www.securecomponents.com. We're very pleased to have worked with Secure Components to help them achieve the IEC, IECQ, uh, Counterfeit Avoidance Program Certification. Also, my special and uh, regular guest, Mr. Frank Chano, Senior Partner, Goldberg Sagala. Goldberg Sagala can be found at www.goldbergsagala.com. 
I think uh, going forward, we're going to put all that onto our, well, it is on our website, and we'll simply point you to our website so we don't have to uh, continue to repeat all the www's. As I mentioned earlier, United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, our special guest today, Mr. Alan Jones. You can find information, and we're going to be talking a lot about what the UNODC is doing. They're located at www.unodc.org. Our show this week is dedicated to the new global campaign being launched today by the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, UNODC. It is an honor for me to have as my special guest, Mr. Alan Jones, Chief of Communications and Advocacy of the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime. Alan will be sharing with us the work that the UNODC is doing to address the widespread impact of counterfeits on society. My regular guest, Mr. Frank Chano, senior partner at Goldberg Sagala, and I will be discussing with Alan the potential ramifications of counterfeiting, including how you can make purchasing decisions that exclude the potential of supporting organized crime. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Alan Jones, Chief Communications and Advice. Um, uh, <laughs> totally lost my place here. Alan, good morning. Or good afternoon, good morning, actually. Well, good afternoon, good morning, Stan and uh, Frank. Good morning. Good morning, Frank, as well. Good morning, gentlemen, and uh, and Stanley. Thank you once again for letting me be a part of this important important initiative, which is critical to the health and safety of consumers, manufacturers, and other companies. And we appreciate uh, your involvement in what we're doing, Frank. And by all means, uh, excited today to be talking with uh, both yourself and Alan. Um, and a lot of questions, Alan, for you. This this is a tremendous opportunity for us, um, and I, I suspect you're um, you're launching this today is uh, is a bit of a um, exciting day for you as well. Yes, thank you, Stan, and thank you again for for having me on the show and for the chance for you and ODC, which is the UN Office on Drugs and Crime to explain the work we're doing on this campaign. Um, we're actually uh, making the symbolic launch uh, in Times Square today on the, big, on the NASDAQ screen, so we're very excited about that. And, um, well, you know, it's one of the, one of the, the most important places in the world to, to get your, your videos and your, uh, your images across and brands, if I can say. So it's quite a relevant place in the global market. Yes, that that is certainly true. And uh, Frank, you're you're right there in New York, aren't you? Certainly, and that's the right way to get the world's attention in Times Square. Yeah, and with um, the paperwork and the some of the things I've read, Alan, you are working with. Uh, I I don't want to call them initiatives, but there's 18 subjects. Uh, that is on the list of things that I've been reading. Can we uh, start perhaps by talking about some of them anyway? 
we certainly may we won't be able to get through all 18 in the hour we have today but the key ones for sure sure Stan um, first of all I mean I, if I may just just give a, a brief overview of the UN office on drugs and crime we 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 have a wide mandate on all areas of uh, crime and drug control and we work globally working with member states across the world to 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 encourage cooperation to fight narcotic drugs human trafficking migrant smuggling cybercrime wildlife the list goes on um, and of course counterfeit is one of those issues that we have now started to look at particularly from an awareness raising perspective because we want the the public also to take a role in, in, in informing itself about organized crime and the ramifications on society and, and explaining what ordinary people can do. Uh, it's not always easy uh, for ordinary people to think what they can do, but small consumer choices can actually make a difference in this case, as the campaign will, will set out. Your, your points are very well taken, and you know, it's, it's one of the things, the work we've been doing, uh, here in the U.S. on counterfeit, as I'm sure you're aware, the U.S. launched a um, an investigation a while back by uh, actually part of the Armed Forces uh, Committee out of uh, Washington D.C. and industry got involved. They launched a program to determine just how big of a counterfeit problem they had or thought they had and it turned out to be about a six billion dollar a year issue and that's just within the government uh, military operations their supply chain so in uh, reading through your documentation and the campaign that's being launched by the uh, UNODC uh, you're suggesting this is in excess of 200 250 billion dollars now on a global basis, I, I assume. Well, what what we Stan, what we've done is uh, over the last uh, several years, we've tried to uh, quantify uh, organized crime globally and the, the size of the business. There'd be no surprises that narcotic drugs is the biggest chunk of of organized crime globally. Uh, that figure we we place at around three hundred twenty billion dollars globally. However, the Probably one of the alarming uh, findings was that the the next figure to, to approach that would, would be counterfeit. There are some figures that that, that put counterfeit at two hundred and fifty billion dollars, and what we have to be though is cautious with that figure. We have to try and understand what counterfeit is before we you know before we try and exp- and sort of explain that counterfeit is all organized crime. Counterfeit is a very complex issue, as, as you and Frank are experts on that issue. You, there are varying degrees of, of organized criminal activity within that. And even the minimalistic approach to what constitutes organized crime within that $250 billion would still put the global uh, business way above the next uh, issue in terms of organized crime which is human trafficking, which comes in at around, around $30 billion. So you can see you've got this figure there of $320 billion for narcotic drugs. 
the counterfeit business can be 250 billion, and then you've got other serious crimes such as human trafficking at around 32 billion. So we're dealing with a major earner for organized criminal activity here. And I think that consumers have not always been informed about this. And the aim of this campaign is to try and make consumers reflect on their actions. At the end of the day, we deal with both demand and supply in our uh, crime-fighting business here. And here, there's, a, there's clearly an issue of demand where consumers actually can play a role in, in reducing that demand for counterfeit goods. Yes. Uh, you were going to say something, Frank? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I agree with everything you said, Alan, but it also seems to me that it's also important for companies to be aware of this so they can impl implement policies and procedures to mitigate these, these, these statistics that you just told us about. And, and one quick thing, Alan, um, Alan and, and Stan, about a housekeeping matter nice. is that my participation in the show reflects my commentary and opinions. It's not, and it's not intended to, intended to be legal advice. Every jurisdiction in the United States has different laws regarding their particular situation. And the listeners should consult with an attorney for individual advice tailored to their particular situation. That, that being said, again, it seems to me that the, the awareness of manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and other companies needs to be heightened as well so they can take the appropriate action to mitigate these unfortunate statistics. So, a, lot, a lot of the work that uh, we've been doing, and when I, when I use the term we, in addition to the radio show, I'm, I work very closely with the United States National Committee, which is the organization that oversees the International Electrotechnical Commission's uh, quality and standards the standards development and the conformity assessment programs. And one of the things we're finding is that more and more the recycling of materials is one aspect of counterfeiting where we launched into a whole recycle program and we didn't really standardize how that would be managed or how conformity assessment would work with it. But I think there's a bigger thing here that uh, Alan's pointing out, and that is the counterfeiting of uh, intellectual property. Uh, I'm well aware of the um, consumer products that are actually manufactured and sold as some people call it counterfeit, others call it uh, knockoffs, I think is another term used. Uh, I believe that's part of what you're addressing here, Alan. Well, what we've tried to do, Stan, is to is to look at the different arguments uh, around um, the counterfeiting issue, to try and inform consumers that there are many aspects to counterfeit which they should really think about. And in a way, this is a wake-up call. Um, you know, it, it's so easy to say, well, you know, it's not my responsibility, but consumers are very quick to put pressure even on some multinational companies at times when they see that their actions are not what they consider as ethical. And I think that consumers, the increasing role of consumers in, in, in defining the way that society develops is important here because 
the the environmental aspects you you just mentioned, Stan. I don't think people have even considered those aspects as consumers. I mean, when you buy a fake product, a fake electrical product, uh, well, in, in, in Europe anyway, there is a, a sort of life uh, life disposal policy for each product now, which is which is sold in Europe, for example. Right. So when you buy a product from a manufacturer, the, the manufacturer is, is, is getting more and more responsibility to help dispose of those products as, right. as, as, this, as this develops. So when consumers buy electro, electrical products, eventually they should be contributing to the recycling. They should be contributing to the environmental aspects as well. With counterfeit, it falls totally out of the system. Um, so you, you don't know what metals have been used. You don't know what products have been used. All of the the security and the, the, the certification that is present in, in many developed societies just falls out completely. So I think from that perspective, what, what we've tried to put across in the paper is, is that people actually think about the different elements behind a counterfeit. So yes, you, you, know, you have to ask yourself, is organized crime involved or profiting from counterfeit? Is it in some way funding criminal business or groups? What's happening to the profits, May? Where are they going? Aren't these illicit pro- proceeds that are, that, are, that are occurring? And other aspects such as uh, taxation and customs duties, th- these people get a free ride. These organizations, these criminal groups get a free ride where decent, honest people have to, you know, they, they actually have to contribute to society through the different taxes and, and, and systems in place. We need to, to uh, take a break here. We'll be back in just a minute. Please uh, stay with us, and we'll be back to talk more with Alan and Frank. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. 
bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Hello and welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr., Welcome to today's show, Counterfeit, Don't Buy Into Organized Crime. My special guest, Alan Jones from the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, and Frank Chano from Goldberg Sagala, senior partner at Goldberg Sagala and a regular guest on our show today, or our show regularly. Um, we left you with a with a question that Frank was asking of Alan, and uh, Frank, if you want to come back to that question and uh, just kind of refresh everybody's mind. Yeah, thank you, Stan. Yeah, my question is, how can the ordinary consumer take protective or positive steps to avoid inadvertently buying counterfeit goods? You know, all those people who buy the, the cheap handbags know they're buying counterfeit, but what about those who are getting, you know, medicines, drugs, or other things that are counterfeit, what could they do to protect themselves? Well, Frank, I think that we we are. I mean, we're forgetting that society is is, is developing more and more, and that people, consumers, are are practically living on the internet. They are so informed now. I mean, everybody is walking Wikipedia, and I think there's still a reluctance on the on the part of consumers to take their own destiny and their own safety into their own hands. There's a lot of information out there. There are ways to check up on legitimate products and suppliers. Um, even, even some products which you buy, if you buy them online, or even if you buy them through a company, you can go and certify those products afterwards. I think a lot is about research. It's Unfortunately, it's not. you can't take purchases or consumer purchases at face value anymore. You have to go and always ask those questions, what's behind? I mean, we, this is the video that we've produced on this campaign is called What's Behind? We want people to, not, not to stop consuming, not to stop driving the economy, that, that's not the case, but you have to investigate, you have to research your purchases, and I think that that, that will help a lot. And, and if you can research your purchases and check on for and, and uh, with other consumers, you can find out what to look for. There's a lot of information out there. Um, and, and even most brand companies now are developing a sort of back certification post-purchase. So you can actually go and, and register your, your products or whatever. That's and then also... Um, the public authorities are developing tools. I think even in the U.S., the U.S. FDA is developing a handheld device uh, for to try and check some uh, medicines. 
these, I'm not sure if that's available to consumers, but uh, Interpol is developing a new tool uh, called iCheckIt, which they're trying to, to get to work with an iPhone. And I think we have to watch those developments very carefully because technology is going to give us uh, a way to, to manage this risk. I think you're never going to have a risk-free society and you have to manage your own safety. And I think this, there's enough information out there in the, the information society for people to do that. One of the things that strikes me about this, when I think about it in the same context that you and Frank are talking about it now, technology itself does provide us tools to check uh, check on what we're doing, but it also, unfortunately, provides the same tools to those who would be uh, doing the counterfeiting. So while we we potentially have a solution, we still have the aspects of risk associated with that. Um, you know, we see it all the time in the electronics industry. I visited uh, various parts of the world where there is counterfeiting going on and it's not limited by any means to electronics. It's in fact uh, probably a larger issue when you get to uh, clothing and items that um, are what are often called fads. And I think, Alan, that's, that's really what the campaign is about, is to raise the overall uh, awareness. As I look down, you have 18 points uh, in this campaign. And just briefly for the audience, uh, since you can't see it sitting in my hand here, these include the financial flows uh, the illicit uh, tracking, trafficking rather, of counterfeit goods, link between counterfeit and other crimes, uh, fraud tax, customer evasion, value of counterfeiting, social, ethical, and health consequences, environmental impact, labor, the threat to public health and safety, which, you know, I personally have to take a few medicines, and that one has bothered me for quite a while now. Uh, the fraudulent medicines that go with that. Uh, counterfeit foods and beverages, we've heard about that in the past, the electronics we know about. Uh, and then you go on to talk about what can be and is being done. And that one kind of intrigues me a bit. Uh, perhaps you could talk a little bit about what can and what can be and is being done uh, through the work you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I started off by talking about our organization and our global role. And I think that we, we have to see counterfeiting as an international challenge because today, nothing, everything circulates in the global village. You, you know, where, where you buy your products, where they're made, there's no, everything, the, the economy is becoming increasingly globalized. So, at the same time, the criminals are, you know, they're, they're making a profit out of this, this globalization and law enforcement has to keep up. It's not just in, in terms of counterfeiting. We have issues such as cybercrime and other challenges that we're working on uh, from UNODC. But what we do have in, at the United Nations, we have an international convention on organized crime. It's, it's a broad framework for cooperation. I, I know it sounds a bit sort of bureaucratic and UN-ish, but it is a unique document in, in that it offers a common platform. There's no need to reinvent the wheel. 
the majority of states uh, in the world have signed up to this convention, which provides a sort of route or path to jointly approach different issues as they come up. So we're, you know, we're, we're looking, for, for example, this year at the issue of wildlife crime. Uh, this trapping of illegal animals and timber, and we work using that convention as a framework for that. So there are many areas that we can use that convention for, not without the need to, you know, to, to reinvent the wheel and to, to do that. So at that level, there is platform for cooperation. In cre also, in addition, many of the international law enforcement, such as Interpol and Europol, are applying more and more attention to this, this issue. And, and they're, they're training their colleagues in other countries and, and, and trying to develop the law enforcement capacity. One program that we have at UNODC is a container control program. In many uh, countries such as the US or in, in, in countries in Europe, we take for granted that the containers are checked properly. What we're doing at the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime is we're working with 40 ports across the world, generally in developing countries, applying the, the, the level of techniques and detection that you would expect to find in your local port or, or, or state. So I think that, that that is something that can be done. I mean, our container control program is quite, it's quite interesting. It was set up to counter narcotics, to find narcotics in, train, in, in, in containers. After about five, six years of working of this program being enforced, last year, a third of the interceptions were counterfeit goods. And we weren't mm. looking for counterfeits. We were looking for narcotics. We were looking right. for uh, firearms. We were looking for other things. So by profiling those containers, we managed to capture in a third of the containers we checked, counterfeit. So I think there are things that can be done. But one of our sister organizations in the United Nations, which is UNICRI, I know these acronyms sound a bit <laughs> strange, but it's, a, it's a, a research body of the UN. They've actually uh, prepared a report on how to counter the illicit proceeds related to counterfeit. And there, there is a very strong basis. There is already international money laundering anti-money laundering uh, rules and, and cooperation in place. This organization, our sister organization, points to the fact that that capacity is there to focus on illicit proceeds. And, and if governments want to add the, the issue of counterfeit to the list of issues uh, they, they, they look for in illicit proceeds, that they have, they have the framework. So I think that we are... With this awareness campaign, we, we are a little bit still at the beginning. There are still things happening, but um, there are many possibilities. And at the end, um, you know, the, the international authorities can only do so much. The governments can only do so much. And consumers have to take a role as well. Uh, people do like to think that it's somebody else's responsibility. And I think it should not be underestimated. It, it, its potential in encountering the organized crime aspects here. Very good. It seems, it seems to me that an argument could be made that a lot of the responsibility for this initiative will rest on the supply chain, the supply chain as well. You have everyone from the manufacturers, their supplier, the distributors, on down through the retailers that 
could or should be taking the necessary action to ensure the integrity of their products. And, you know, along those lines, it, it could be presented that these business entities need to in, in implement policies and procedures to protect the consuming public and avoid these counterfeit goods. And within them, they'd have to do things like get certificates of guarantee from their suppliers, have the right indemnity agreements in place, and other warranties to make sure that the consumers are protected against counterfeit goods that unintentionally get into the legitimate supply chain. Would, would you agree with that? That, that to me, brings up a, an interesting point that goes back to uh, some of our discussion last week, Frank. The, um, the reality that consumers, and when I use the term consumers, I'm really talking about both us as uh, just people going to the store retail buying, but there's also the consumer who is industry procurement. Um, the the whole prospect of purchasing needs to be rethought by all of us that buy anything and how do we ensure that what we're buying is what it is intended to be or supposed to be this is a big problem within the military uh, procurement that we've worked quite a bit in where material is provided but as you said Frank without without any authenticity or without right. the the documents or the information to demonstrate that it's not fraudulent. It, that, that's very problematic for manufacturers, or we'll call them industry consumers, because if you're a company making a, uh, a consumer appliance, say a toaster, it's, and you buy your heating element from a supplier, you are responsible for that heating element because it's incorporated in your toaster and you sell it to a consumer. So if that consumer goes on fire or otherwise hurts somebody, everyone in the, sub the legitimate supply chain of that toaster is at risk. And the only way that each of those entities can protect themselves is when the manufacturer properly selects its suppliers, properly ensures that its supplier of the heating element is supplying a genuine, tested, certified heating element, that there are no components of it that will fail under normal use. You know, we've all heard about, you know, the exploding batteries and, and things like that. That's, that's, those are because, um, and, and I'm not speaking firsthand knowledge of this, I have no inside knowledge of it, what I'm discussing is what I've read in the media through publicly available sources, is that these batteries and other electrical devices don't incorporate basic safety features or basic design features to make them safe. So I think it's, I think it's, there could be a, a, a responsibility and obligation on those industry consumers to make sure they're getting good products. They, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the essence of the work that uh, we've been doing uh, in the uh, International Electrotechnical Commission working with the American National Accreditation Body to set up uh, the uh, standards, uh, the inspection processes, the ability to demonstrate as a company that they're compliant with national and international requirements. 
It brings up another question, though. Uh, actually, Alan, in you were commenting that the the work you the your organization or organizations under the agreement are doing to inspect containers primarily again for the drug trafficking issues. Um, was that as widespread as to actually find component level or was that primarily product level identification uh, or can you speak to that? I, I, I probably, I, I admit, I can't give uh, exact details on that and it's, it's because the the work that we've done here is, uh, has been a sort of byproduct of our anti-narcotics work. We we are also quite quite new in this area. So we what we're doing is we're we're now beginning to to look at the types of IP products that we're finding. And I I would guess that um, the degree of sophistication in our detection in these containers is probably not at the, at the level you would have at the IEC and and, and other other groups. Um, I I think though that you know what it does show this container program is that in the same containers where drugs or the same way that they're concealing drugs they're concealing counterfeit goods which shows that the, there are there's many potential crossovers between organized crime and uh, and, and counterfeiting in general in, in terms of people who traffic drugs or other issues. It shows that there's a commonality in the way that they do the business and it's quite concerning. It's quite alarming. Um, it, I was, there was one figure from the UK where they, they were, in the cases they investigated from the Trading Standards Authority, I think it was about um, about 50% no, about 30% of the cases in the UK involved some degree of drug trafficking or, and 30% involved organized crime. So you can see there are overlaps there between the two. Where it begins and ends, no one really knows. Um, but the, the, these elements have to be taken into account when you're, when you're looking at what you're buying. You have to ask yourself, what is behind these products? That's a very, very good point. And uh, once again, we need to take a short break for station identification and our sponsors to be acknowledged. When we come back, I'm going to ask uh, another pointed question of Alan and Frank both on, uh, you know, the reality is that organized crime has had a lot of time to perfect their, their trade and uh, that uh, we'll be part of the discussion when we come back. Stay, stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. 
Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 5195. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Dan Salat, Jr. Our show today, or uh, Counterfeit, Don't Buy Into Organized Crime. A special guest, Alan Jones from the United Nations Office Drugs and Crime. And our regular guest, Frank Chano from Goldberg Zagala. Our sponsors, just a quick note, uh, our sponsors, the Hazardous Substance Free Mark Alliance and the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance. You can find their websites on our website, uh, or you can go directly to them at www.hsf.us and www.counterfeitavoidance.org. Our sponsors... Uh, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, www.bqpm.com, and Secure Components can be found at www.securecomponents.com. The United Nations can be, uh, their office can be found at the www.unodc.org and goldbergsagala.com. 
for Frank and his group. If you're looking for um, real legal advice, which we do not give on the radio, but uh, certainly Frank can help you in in any way that uh, you need to prevent. As Frank likes to say, an ounce of prevention is worth pounds of cure. Right. Thank you, Stan. We, we've been talking about counterfeiting. We've been talking about um, the work that the U, UNODC is doing to launch the program today. Uh, once again, that program is being launched, and you'll find it if you happen to be in Times Square. You'll find it right down there at, on the, uh, what do they call that? They call that the NASDAQ market site, I believe is the the way you'll find it on uh, on the internet anyway before the break we were talking about the reality that organized crime has found a way to make um, a living if you will uh, doing counterfeiting or we're dealing with the counterfeit trafficking the illicit trafficking of counterfeit products uh, materials and it's becoming if you will second uh, perhaps only to drug trafficking. Um, Alan, you know, we, we started down a list of things uh, that we that you've been working on. We got down, we ju- kind of jumped into what what can be done and what is being done. I know that there's legislative actions being done in the U.S. They tend to be specific, uh, or at least the ones we're hearing most about are fairly specific to the U.S. military supply chain and what's happening there. Um, Unfortunately, I'm sure Frank can't talk about any of the clients he's working with that are dealing with counterfeit, but I'm going to go back to Frank for just a minute. And um, Frank, when you and I were talking, there were a number of the topics that are in the launch that uh, the campaign, if you will, that the UN ODC is doing. Some of those you were pointing out specifically were uh, what would be considered keen interest to industry relative to protecting themselves and protecting their customers. Would you care to expand on that a bit? Yeah, thank you, Stan. Uh, looking at the list of, of from the UN, there are really two categories that I think have direct impact on manufacturers and suppliers of goods. The first is the threat to public health and safety, especially with things like fraudulent medicines, counterfeit goods and beverages, and electrical consumer goods. Um, and, and the second is, is the environmental impact. You know, the, the threat to public health, health and safety, I think, is, is pretty clear that if someone gets hurt because, like I said earlier, a toaster goes on fire or they're taking uh, counterfeit medicines that don't provide them with the benefits they're supposed to provide them with, or they're eating adulterated foods, you know, th- there's a significant risk of personal injuries to these people, and even risk of, of severe injury or even death. If that occurs, the first thing that these people are going to look to is to obtain compensation from those who supplied those goods. So going back to my, my, uh, my toaster example, if someone goes to any retailer, you know, big box retailer, your corner store, your corner, your electronic shop, and they buy a toaster, 
that has a bad heating element in it because it's a counterfeit product and the house burns down, you know, there's going to be injuries and damages there, certainly to the real estate and hopefully not, but there's a risk that the people in the home can be injured or killed. And what will happen is they'll start a products liability action against the, the company that sold them the toaster. Under the U.S. law of product liability, a, every seller of a product is, can be held strictly liable in tort for the injuries caused by that product. Now, strict liability means that there's liability without regard to fault. So even though your, your, uh, your big box retailer might say, you know, I bought this toaster from a legitimate supply chain. You know, here's a reputable manufacturer's name on the box. What do, you, what do you want from me? That's not an adequate defense. Under the law, that retailer is fully liable for the damages caused by that burning toaster. And then it goes up the chain because the big box retailer will turn to its distributor, who will then in turn look to its importer, who in turn will look to the manufacturer to cover or compensate those injured people as a result of their damages. So the threat really does affect the entire supply chain of every product. As a consumer, you're entitled to rely on the brand name and the representations and warranties given by the sellers of goods. And if they violate any of those representations, knowingly, unknowingly, willfully or not, they are liable for those injuries and damages. I'll pause for a second before I move on to the environmental impact, see if, if you or Alan have any questions about that. I don't have any questions, but it absolutely brings up one example that's, that's in the recent past, and recent being the last few months now, and that would be, I, I, if I understand this correctly, uh, the issues that Apple had with the iPhone charger that actually wound up killing two people and um, electrocuted two people in China, as I recall, the reports were, that then leads to a bit of what you're talking about, where Apple actually becomes somehow liable um, if they haven't done something to mitigate or to expose the fact that somebody's counterfeiting their products right and again I'll repeat I was not involved in that case so any right. comment I have is just based on what I've read in, in, in the in the media but correct I mean if if you taking that as an example if you buy a new iPhone in the box and in that box comes the charger for the iPhone if there's something wrong with that charger where there's a resistors not correct or some of the circuitry or whatever is not what it should be and someone's injured or killed because the battery in the iPhone explodes because the charger you know, didn't adequately monitor or regulate the current going into it, yeah, I, Apple could be liable as the seller of that good. And, and not, just, not just Apple, but if you, if, you know, other, there's other, I, I believe other stores also sell iPhones. Right. So even if you bought right. it from a uh, any of those big box retailers, that big box retailer is also liable. 
Oh, and a... really the only way they can, one, not the only way, but one of the ways they can protect themselves is, like I said earlier, having the right commercial agreements with their suppliers, assuring them of the integrity of the goods, or if the goods are not what they purport to be, that your supplier will defend, indemnify you, and hold you harmless from any resulting damages. It's really all contractual protections that companies need to take to ensure the integrity of the goods and their own protection. But that leads to what, um, or I should say leading in with that, is this whole campaign. Uh, and Alan, I can't tell you just how, um, what's the right word, enthused, uh, pleased, uh, appreciative. Uh, my organization and the folks that I work with in the HSF and counterfeit avoidance world, as well as the certification world, what you're doing, in my opinion, is bringing to the forefront uh, knowledge and really in a way that uh, transcends. I believe you and I were talking, you work with something in the neighborhood of 160 or 180 countries. Yes, I mean, the United Nations uh, has a family of over 190 countries. Um, this actual UN Convention on Organized Crime has over 170 of them signed up. So you can see we've got most of the countries on board, which is not the case with all UN conventions. Um, so it's it's getting close to being universal, that this, this agreement that we, we have to counter organized crime. And the, there are various aspects of organized crime. Uh, and, you know, counterfeiting is one of them. Uh, people don't see counterfeiting immediately as an organized crime activity, but it's a criminal activity which is organized. You, you, you need a fair degree of organization to perform this illegal, illicit supply chain, but to, to deliver along that supply chain. Um, and, and of course, there is, is a spectrum of severity of that criminal activity within that supply chain. Some really nasty people or some people who are probably opportunistic. But the fact is that the fact that it's organized, yes. it's supplied and, and people are making profit and money, it comes under the general framework of organized crime and most of the criminal activity, or most of the counterfeit activity, has a strong risk of involving illicit proceeds, proceeds of crime. And in many, many of the organized criminal activities, uh, this has been a focus in, in, in several, several countries, I think US, Italy, uh, the, the proceeds of crime has been a strong focus of the authorities, uh, attack the proceeds of the organizations involved in illicit activity and, and revert the, the burden of proof. Now, of course, we're not yet at that stage in the United Nations um, in, in terms of uh, applying this to, to, to counterfeit or other areas, but uh, some, the, the report from our uh, sister organization has, has suggested that this could be one way to go. Uh, member states have to find their own way to, to counter organized crime, and we have to uh, give them the tools and, and try and help them and support them in that way. But, you know, so I, I think there are three, three issues I'd like to sort of focus on. I think the public health and safety makes this issue serious. And the other part to the organized criminal activity is the illicit finance, the proceeds of crime, which is also serious. 
And I don't. And then you've got the links to other crimes, which has been documented by Europol and Interpol, where there's overlap between the type of people involved in these businesses. We were asking consumers to inform themselves, to look into what's behind the purchases they make, and make informed decisions. I think today with the internet, no one can say, well, I didn't know. There is something you can always know when you make a purchase. You can always check out the brand name. You can always look into what you're doing. No, no longer is, is everything the responsibility of the state, although the state has a responsibility. All right. The consumers themselves have to play their role. Yes, and it, it's become, it's a global, it's a global uh, economy today, and, and we certainly recognize and understand that uh, with the increased uh, movement of materials around the world, with the increase of the Internet and communications, more and more has to be taken on by us. And that's part of what we're trying to promote as well. So the work you're doing, I'm going to continue to follow very closely and uh, continue to work with uh, Frank and others to continually share with our audience, and that is consumers. Uh, the importance of this this work that you're doing. Um, we're just about out of time today. I'd like to uh, thank both Frank and Alan for uh, joining me today on the radio show. Uh, obviously, Frank will be back. Uh, perhaps uh, we can talk Alan into uh, a follow-up show and see how things are going with the campaign that launched today. Well, that would be a great pleasure, Stan. I'd, I'd like to thank you for, for having me on the show. Um, it, if people want to find the, the campaign, they, they just have to put unodc.org stroke countfit into Google and it will come up. Um, we'd like people to, to see the video. It's 30 seconds, so if you've got 30 seconds to, to look at a video, I think everyone has 30 seconds, no? Yes, absolutely. And I challenge everybody should be taking that 30 seconds to uh, to take a look at that. Um, I have seen it, and it's well worth that 30 seconds. Speaking of 30 seconds, we have just about that left. Frank, any closing comments? Yeah, I just want to thank you and Alan for the opportunity to participate in this program. And, and I completely agree with Alan that the public health and safety makes this a very serious matter that all manufacturers need to sit up and take notice of it and the potential obligations and liabilities that they could face as a result of this known risk to consumers. Okay, thank you, thank you both gentlemen and um, I'd like to uh, close by reminding folks we're on every Tuesday. Um, come back and hear more about what we're doing to help you, uh, help yourselves actually, working together for your safety. This is Dan Slot signing off for today. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.